Hello everyone and welcome to the Mimetic Exegete podcast. In this episode we begin a new study in the book of Isaiah. Most scholars agree that Isaiah was a complex book written by multiple authors and addresses at least two or three different periods in Israel's history. A major event in the life of ancient Israel was the fall of Jerusalem in 587 BC to Babylon. Much of the prophecy in the Hebrew Bible surrounds and addresses this event, either warning about its coming or addressing Israel inside and offering hope, or after the fall of Babylon, then addressing Israel and encouraging them to rebuild. The first 39 chapters are addressed to pre-exilic Israel and warns of the nation's impending demise at the hands of Babylon. However, chapters 40 to 55 address exilic Israel and offer hope and encouragement for restoration. Finally, chapters 56 and onward are generally regarded as addressing post-exilic Israel, that is the period immediately following Babylon's collapse. Let's begin reading from chapter 1, verse 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Why will you be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But bruises and sores and raw wounds, they are not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. Your country lies desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. In your very presence, foreigners devour your land. It is desolate as overthrown by foreigners. And the daughter of Zion is left like a booth in a vineyard, like a lodge in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. If the Lord of hosts had not left us a few survivors, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations, I cannot endure the iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They have become a burden to me and I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. 
Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. How the faithful city has become a whore. She who was once full of justice. Righteousness lodged in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross. Your best wine mixed with water. Your princes are rebels and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and runs after gifts. They do not bring justice to the fatherless and the widow's cause does not come to them. Therefore the Lord declares, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, Ah, I will get relief from my enemies and avenge myself on my foes. I will turn my hand against you and I will smelt away your dross as with lie and remove all your alloy. And I will restore your judges as at the first and your counsellors as at the beginning. Afterward, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed by justice and those in her who repent by righteousness. But rebels and sinners shall be broken together, and those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed. For they shall be ashamed of the oaks that you desired, and you shall blush for the gardens that you have chosen. For you shall be like an oak, whose leaf withers, and like a garden without water. And the strong shall become tender, and his work a spark, and both of them shall burn together, with none to quench them. The prophet addresses a wealthy and prosperous Israel who have no idea of their impending doom. Isaiah begins by contrasting Israel with a domesticated animal. Although the ox and donkey listen to their master, Israel have turned their backs on God and become evil. The fruit of this evil is the destruction of their cities which become consumed with fire, a common biblical image for mimetic violence. In context, this imagery warns of Israel's impending destruction at the hands of Babylon, the foreign nation that will devour their land. Israel's dire condition is likened to a person covered in festering, untreated sores that will ultimately kill them. At this point, the disaster may be avoided if Israel repents from their oppression of the poor and marginalized and seek justice for these people. Notice Israel still continue with their festivals and their sacrifices, but the problem that Isaiah points out is their lack of social justice. Mimetic desire has corrupted the rich and the powerful of Israel and inspired them to exploit the fatherless and the widow for their own profit. Rather than granting justice to the widow, the powerful accept bribes from the rich who pursue their own mimetic idols without care and concern for the people they hurt. If Israel continue to pursue their mimetic idols, Babylon will ultimately destroy them. Although the situation appears dire, the prophet plants some seeds of hope. 
a remnant will survive the Babylonian onslaught and Israel will be cleansed from their injustice. In verse 24, those who oppress the poor and marginalized are framed as the Lord's enemies who corrupt Israel like impurities in a precious metal. The people will be ashamed of the sacred trees and gardens, that is, their mimetic idols, which they desire, because these idols will ultimately bring about their destruction. Instead of the riches and prosperity promised by the sacred trees and gardens, drought and poverty ensue, leaving the sacred trees to wither without water. Along with them, the rich and powerful burn like dry tinder when Babylon unleashes the destructive fire of mimetic violence upon Israel. The Lord vows to purify and restore Israel in righteousness and faithfulness as they are smelted in the furnace to remove the dross of their wickedness and corruption. The Lord will save the faithful remnant from the rich and powerful who oppress them. As we read on from chapter 2, verse 1, we see this restoration of Israel's faithful remnant inspire the rest of the world. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow into it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall decide disputes for many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their swords into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Having been purified from all their mimetic idols, the people of Israel become a beacon of hope for the rest of the world. The mountain of the Lord, that is, Israel's religious identity, is exalted far above all other religion and culture, so much so that all the nations seek instruction from Israel. They want to learn the Lord's laws and commandments, which stifle mimetic desire and rivalry to help promote peace and order within the community. As all the nations learn these commandments and begin to walk in the light of the Lord, a new era of peace and prosperity is realized. When nations set aside their mimetic idols of power and greed, war becomes obsolete. Instruments of violence are transformed into farming implements to provide food for the hungry. This is Isaiah's vision of a world that is no longer ruled by mimetic desire and violence as people forsake their mimetic idols and pursue righteousness, faithfulness and justice for all. Reading on now from verse 6. For you have rejected your people, the house of Jacob, because they are full of things from the east and of fortune tellers like the Philistines, and they strike hands with the children of foreigners. Their land is filled with silver and gold, and there is no end to their treasures. Their land is filled with horses, and there is no end to their chariots. Their land is filled with idols, and they bow down to the work of their hands, to what their own fingers have made. So man is humbled, and each one is brought low. Do not forgive them. 
Enter into the rock and hide in the dust from before the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty. The haughty looks of man shall be brought low and the lofty pride of men shall be humbled and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. For the Lord of hosts has a day against all that is proud and lofty, against all that is lifted up, and it shall be brought low. Against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, and against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the lofty mountains, and against all the uplifted hills, against every high tower, and against every fortified wall, against all the ships of Tarshish, and against all the beautiful craft. And the haughtiness of man shall be humbled, and the lofty pride of men shall be brought low, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. And the idols shall ultimately pass away, and people shall enter into the caves of the rocks and the holes of the ground from before the terror of the Lord, and from the splendor of his majesty when he rises to terrify the earth. And in that day mankind will cast away their idols of silver and their idols of gold, which they made for themselves to worship, to the moles and to the bats, to enter the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs, from before the terror of the Lord and when the splendor of his majesty, when he rises to terrify the earth. Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath, for of what account is he? While Israel's imitation of foreign peoples and their worship practices has made them rich, it will also be their downfall. The nations around Israel wage war on other peoples with horses and chariots because they desire to steal riches and power from others. Now Israel imitate these desires and fill their land likewise with war horses and chariots that they might also engage in mimetic violence with their neighbours. Israel also imitates the nations by filling the land with foreign idols, each representing a different object of desire. By yielding to these idols, Israel are humbled and ruled by their mimetic desire. People who are created in the image of God bow down to images of foreign gods made by their own hands. In so doing, they sink lower and lower, hiding even in the dust between the crevice of the rocks where they seek refuge from the Lord's judgment, that is, defeat at the hands of Babylon. Those who were once proud and haughty will be humbled as the Lord is honoured and exalted through the power of mimetic violence. In that moment of crisis, people will be forced to abandon their mimetic idols, which become exposed as barren and impotent. The prophet offers a final piece of advice urging Israel to stop imitating one another. By imitating the idol worship of the nations, Israel have become like them humbling and debasing themselves. Rather than imitating the idolatry of the nations around them, Israel must focus their desire upon remaining faithful to the Lord and His commandments. Only by these means can Israel minimize mimetic rivalry and violence and realize the grandiose vision of Isaiah in chapter 2. Reading on now from chapter 3 verse 1. For behold, the Lord of hosts is taking away from Jerusalem and from Judah support and supply, all support of bread and all supply of water. The mighty man and the soldier, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, 
the captain of 50 and the man of rank, the counsellor and the skilful magician, and the expert in charms. And I will make boys their princes, and infants shall rule them. And the people will oppress one another, every one his fellow, and every one his neighbour. The youth will be insolent to the elder, and the despised to be honourable. For a man will take hold of his brother in the house of his father, saying, You have a cloak, you shall be our leader, and, and this heap of ruins shall be under your rule. In that day he will speak out, saying, I will not be a healer. In my house there is neither bread nor cloak. You shall not make me leader of the people. For Jerusalem has stumbled, and Judah has fallen, because their speech and their deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. For the look on their faces bears witness against them. They proclaim their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them, for they have brought evil upon themselves. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked, it shall be ill with him, for what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. My people, infants, are their own oppressors, and women rule them. O oh, my people, your guides mislead you, and they have swallowed up the course of your paths. The Lord has taken his place to contend. He stands to judge peoples. The Lord will enter into judgment with the elders and princes of this people. It is you who have devoured the vineyard. The spoil of the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people, by grinding the faces of the poor, declares the Lord, the God of hosts. The Lord said, because the daughters of Zion are haughty, and walk with outstretched necks, glancing wantonly with their eyes, mincing along as they go, tinkling with their feet. Therefore the Lord will strike with a scab the heads of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will lay bare their secret parts. In that day the Lord will take away the finery of the anklets, the headbands and the crescents, the pendants, the bracelets and the scarves, the headdresses, the armlets, the sashes, the perfume boxes and the amlets, the signet rings and nose rings, the festal robes, the mantles, the cloaks and the handbags, the mirrors, the linen garments, the turbans and the veils. Instead of perfume there will be rottenness, instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of well-set hair, baldness. And instead of a rich robe, a skirt of sackcloth. And branding instead of beauty. Your men shall fall by the sword and your mighty men in battle. And her gates shall lament and mourn. Empty she shall sit on the ground. And seven women shall take hold of one man in that day, saying, We will eat our own bread and wear out our own clothes. Only please let us be called by your name. Take away our reproach. The prophet is calling out a corrupt system where the rich and powerful oppress the poor and marginalized. Relishing their riches and luxury, these rich and powerful have no idea about the destruction that is heading towards them. Isaiah urges the people to repent from their sin, that their destruction might be averted. Otherwise, the Lord stands ready to judge the people who have destroyed his vineyard, Israel. Reading on now from chapter 4, verse 2. In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. 
and he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who has been recorded for their life in Israel. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem from its midst by a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of burning. Then the Lord will create over the whole side of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day and smoke and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For all the glory there will be a canopy. There will be a booth for shade by day from the heat and for a refuge and a shelter from the storm and rain. Again, the prophet offers hope to the poor and marginalized in Israel, assuring them that once the dross and corruption has been purged, that faithful remnant will once more become a beautiful, glorious, fruitful branch in the Lord's vineyard. From verse 5, the oracle recalls the Exodus imagery of the Lord leading the people through the desert as a cloud by day and burning fire by night. By these means, the prophet likens the experience of the poor and oppressed in this period of Israel to the period of Israel's oppression and slavery under Pharaoh in Egypt. Just as the Lord rescued Israel from Pharaoh, so too he will rescue that faithful remnant from the rich and powerful who oppress them. Now you may recall back in that Exodus narrative in chapter 19, Mount Sinai burns with fire and smoke and the people are afraid and they beg Moses to go and interact with God with them so that they don't have to go there. Anticipating a similar reaction to the glory of the Lord being manifest among the people, the prophet promises that there will be a booth to shade the people from the heat and a shelter in which they might find refuge from the rain, thunder and lightning. Thanks again for joining me on the Mimetic Exegete podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, you may do so on the Mimetic Exegete Facebook group. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you.